Hello, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Coleman's Podcast. I'm Seamus Brana. And I'm Maureen O'Callaghan. Myself, Ryan, Quentin Joyce and Matthew Bulger had the chance to speak to Liam Cahill. Listen through to hear the exclusive announcement of Watford's captain and vice-captain for the upcoming championship, in which Watford will face Clare in the first round. Sit back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Hi Liam, how are you? Good. Well, it's Seamus. Um, so, yeah. Um, first off, just like to say, Matthew, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, it's great to have you on. No problem, Seamus. Delighted to be here. Um, so obviously yourself, you're a tip man. Uh, what was it about the Waterford job that appealed to you? Like, why did you really want to take it? Yeah, that's a really good question. The Waterford job, um, I suppose, Seamus, at the time, um, it kind of worked really well for, for both people, like both Waterford, I suppose, county board and management team and, and people that were out looking for, for the new manager, the fit with myself, probably fitted a little bit better than than whatever else was out there for the simple reason was um, I suppose they were looking for uh, somebody I suppose young and, and somebody with energy and eager to go so I had just you know finished with the underage teams in Tipperary and um, I was really really at a stage where I suppose I was kind of saying to myself like do I stay at underage level or do I try and try and you know, head up to, to, to senior ranks. And I was really fortunate when, when I got the phone call to know would I be interested in, in looking at the Waterford job. And the more I sat down and talked about it and the more I looked at it and the more I I looked at all the players that Waterford had, I said, yeah, this is a great fit for me and might just work as a good fit for Waterford as well. It just might be something that, that this particular group of players needed at the time to to try and improve and, and get, get results that had kind of eluded them for the last number of years. So. That was that was what really appealed to me. It was kind of a good fit, more so than anything else, Seamus. Yeah. Did you ever get a bit of a doing back in tip when you took the Waterford job? <laughs> no, like I would have had a few people that would have had um, reservations with me going down. A lot, of, a couple of guys, all right, had had um, had uh, I suppose words of advice. It mightn't have been the best of advice around certain things that that maybe mightn't. Um, be good in Waterford from a, from a, I suppose an overall perspective of of um, of I suppose suppose the support that I needed to, to kind of get success down there as what I needed to to be able to do to uh, to get the team back up and running. People were advising me maybe that the support might have been there from from a financial point of view or from a a, a visionary point of view from from a county board perspective, but I couldn't say that that was any you know way further from the truth. I couldn't believe um, now knowing what I know, like the the support and the the ambition and the real hunger to improve down there from every level, from Waterford County Board, through to all the development squads and through to the clubs is is incredible. There's a massive passion for success and in, in Waterford Hurland. So, yeah, look. I suppose there's quite a number of tip people that mightn't be happy with it because of being a tip man and going down to the, a neighbouring a neighbouring county. But um, for me, I'm I'm thrilled with with my move and I'm delighted to be part of the Watford setup at the moment. What was the mood in camp at your first training session? Team running back for a very poor few years. Do you see at that the start? Yeah, sure. Look, everyone was nervous. I was probably nervous myself going down. You know, you're 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 meeting 
going into a, a strange environment, both for the players and myself, the environment was going to be different. It had to be different to, to, to kind of, you know, make make success, follow or kind of get results. So um, I suppose the players didn't know a whole lot about me. Um, I knew more about them, I suppose, from having observed them over the, the years from the sideline as a supporter looking in. So um, uh, I suppose it was more or less more intimidating for the player than it was for me. But, um, you know, when I got down and got in among the guys and got chatting to them and, and um, started getting working with them on the field, um, they're a real sound bunch of fellas, really, really nice, nice lads. You know, that there's always perception about players being this or that around around various counties and this fella is this and this fella is that. But, but um, I have to say um, the Waterford players, every one of them to a man are, are top class fellas and really committed to what, they, what they're about. So, um, yeah, so the mood was good. The mood was good. The guys were mad to get going, mad to try and learn more and, and improve. And, you know, it was easy for me to get in among them, to be honest with you. You know, last season you chose a very young captain, really, in Connor Prunty. So it was like that shows you look for more than just experience in a captain. So what is it that you look for? Well, a captain is is a guy that has has presence, um, and the way you command presence um, is by training well, and you know the way you carry yourself, both your physically, the, your body language, and the way you your way you train. And um, for me, Connor Prunty, like, is is um, you know, he, he has the presence. He's a big, big, big player, big fit man, trains really hard, really passionate about his sport. Um, you know, Hurlan is very high in his priorities. Um, it's up there being in the top two or three in his priority, priorities in life at, at this point in time in his career. And and players, you know, look up to him as well when, when he um, when he talks, fellas, listen, he doesn't talk a whole lot. He does, he's talking on the field. Um, through his hurling, but he was young. He was aggressive. He had no fear either. He he doesn't he doesn't care. He has no baggage. He's at, after winning, I think, under twenty one a minor all Ireland. I'm not sure about a minor, but definitely one under twenty one all Ireland. So he has that winning mentality as well, and he's everything that you need in a leader. So um, you know, I was delighted that he he accepted the vice captaincy role, and obviously then when Parik Mahoney um got injured, he stepped into the captaincy role, and he really filled that and. You know, he's going to fill it again now for 2021. And Jamie Barron is going to step into the vice-captaincy role. That's not made public yet, but it's it's it will be. Um, so Jamie is he's a real leader as well. He, the way he plays on the field, great, tenacious, honest player that trains like a demon. And uh, he's he's back. Uh, he's going to be our, our um, vice-captain for the coming year. So, yeah, good, two good men there as leaders anyway, but for the moment. Um, obviously, we seen last year Waterford getting to the final. They're a very young side, but you were after making this team a very dangerous attack and a very solid defence. Was it difficult at the start to introduce your philosophy of how to play on the back of two disappointing years for Waterford? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was difficult. It just took a bit of time, um, Ryan, for the players to 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 kind of adapt to a different style um, and maybe asking them to do little things that they might not have thought of before around around that kind of, you know, sussing out goal opportunities and maybe taking on fellas as a forward in particular when maybe they would have been holding on to the ball and, and hitting uh, a kind of a safe pass. We asked them to be a little bit more, um, I suppose, a little bit more ambitious and a little bit more, um, 
in the in the in the format of taking risks. We ask them to take more risks, really, because hurling hurling is a game of instinct. Like you should just be able to go out and hurl with a bit of freedom and take chances. And if they go wrong, they go wrong. So, yeah, there was a little bit of tweaking to be done initially to get fellas maybe out of that kind of lack of confidence mode uh, with the way things that had gone over the last previous couple of years. But but they're all good hurlers in Waterford and and. Um, all them fellas I have been with me, Ryan, are all really good hurlers and they're fellas that will adapt to any style really if, if they're if they're fit enough and willing enough to implement it. So yeah, but it's it's good. It's still not fully there. We only got a taste of it last year. So hopefully, hopefully now there's more in them and that they can improve even more around um around the way they're playing at the moment and, and make themselves even that little bit more competitive. So yeah, we're looking forward to it for sure. And obviously we've seen that you've brought Tom Feeney into the setup for this season. What made you choose him? Yeah, well, Tom, I would have hurled again Tom back many years ago before all you guys were even born, I'd say. That's how long ago it was. But, um, Tom was a great player himself, great defender, really brave and and um, a right good player. And again, he, he was a great man that always had a Waterford jersey on him when he was fit. He was never unfit playing, like, you know. So, um, And he's a lovely player passionate about Waterford Hurland. He he's you know, he's very passionate about what he does uh in in our setup. And when I was met by the county board initially, Tom Feeney was on the kind of the selection committee that that were asking the questions to me as to what way I would go about the, the role of, of the manager of Waterford. And I think Tom asked some great questions and I got the vibe from him that night that he was he was really uh really wanted to to make things better in Waterford. So when the opportunity came up with Stephen um, Malumphy had to uh, had to step away. Like I was delighted to be able to go after Tom and Tom said, when Tom said he was happy to come with us, I was thrilled. So yeah, looking forward to seeing now what Tom will bring to the, to the table. So hopefully it'll be all positive anyway from here on. The Waterford team is still quite young. What's the plan for the future? Uh, the plan for the future is... Matthew is trying to get back into competitive finals again, try to keep winning, keep improving, number one, keep training hard and keep adding to the panel with, with youth, you know, keep bringing, uh, there's a couple of lovely players on that Waterford under 20 team from last year. Now I know a lot of them are still underage for this year. There was quite a number of nice players there as well. So what I'm trying to do in Waterford is I'm trying to, um, you know, keep it really competitive, give every fella that wants to play for Waterford a real chance of playing. Um, the way they'll do that is through their club. Uh, might get a chance this year if the inter-county comes first, but the few new fellas we have in from last year are guys that played well with their club and um, they have a good age profile and they're fit and athletic. Um, so they're coming in and I'm going to try and bring in quite a number of the younger fellas now over the next couple of weeks whenever the restrictions lift and they let us back training. I'm going to try and bring in uh, quite a number of, of young players, maybe 10, 12 new younger players in conjunction with the senior team I have at the moment and give them a little taste about what, what's required and bring them in for a couple of sessions and see how they get on. So I love looking around like that for new players and especially young players that are that are anxious uh, to kick on and, and show what they're made of. So, um, yeah, so they, they, the objective is to keep adding to the panel and keeping it fresh and open keep trying to pick the best players that are in Waterford, regardless where they're from. I don't mind if they're living right down in the last house in the parish of wherever. 
on the border between Cork and Waterford. If if he's the right side of the border, he's going to play with with Waterford. So um, we go wherever we have to to find these players within Waterford to see can we can we improve things all the time. So that's the plan. You know, you, you mentioned a lot there about bringing in young players, and like you know, with yourself in your own playing career, you know, you broke onto the minor scene at fifteen, got an all star at nineteen twenty that season. Um, then as a coach, you know, worked with minors under twenty ones. Is youth something you know you really place a big importance on? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I suppose I'd be always conscious as well of of the youth, the younger player when when he or she, you know, does make it, you know, quickly. If you do come onto the scene very quickly, it's it gets tougher every year. You know, it's like it's like young Irla Daly coming onto her team this year at nineteen and he sent her back all of a shot in an All Ireland final. Um and, you know, came on in the semi final and played exceptionally well. And he's still only nineteen or twenty. So there's no even though he did that quite so well last year, there's no guarantee that 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 that's going to continue. And I found that myself in my own playing days that when I came on the scene at 19, by the age of 23 or four, when I should have been in my prime, I was finding it harder and harder because I suppose, um, you know, you, a lot of it is, is whether your mindset is right, number one. Um, number two, if there's plenty of youth, young competition coming behind you, you, you can't get a chance to, to relax, which, which should, shouldn't be the case if your mindset is right. And then I suppose it's about making your right choices off the field as well, that, you're, that if you really want to be an inter-county player for Waterford or Tipperary or whatever county you're, you're from, that you prepare properly and you make the right choices. And that them choices that sometimes can be tough when it comes to to um you know preparing your body properly and maybe it's it's the staying in the night that you want to go out or it's the gym session in the morning that you that you that you need to be doing that you're missing all them little things add up when the time comes so I'm always very conscious when I'm working with young people that that they stay grounded and they stay level-headed and they stay they stay um I suppose they stay modest modesty is something I love in a player a player that can come and 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 be really respectful and you know obviously respect has to work both ways but when you have players that come with, with real modesty and, and and respect and they have have a real desire to 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 play then then it's easy to to mold them into the type of player they want to be so um yeah youth is something I, I really love working with like I love seeing the player that's a good listener as well that that takes on board what um what the coach or the manager is saying and tries his his best to implement it. And when you see the little bits of improvement coming in them through through his listening and trying to implement it, it gives me great pride in in, in knowing that, that that player respects me. So that, that's what it's about really for me. Um, but that's a, that's a really good question, yeah. You're a tip man coming into a Watford setup. Do you feel that the selection process in general is better to have an outside the county manager than inside? Um, I, I don't know. Um, it works for some counties um, in the past. The likes of Tip, Cork, Kilkenny are all, you know, I won't, you know, what, what way will I say, word it? They, they're all really, I suppose, don't they don't look outside of the county for their managers and that's that's fine. It's 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 there since since day one, since the GA or, you know, started. Um, so um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Um whether it's a good or a bad thing, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but you know, I'm in water at the moment. I have no magic wand, really, to be honest. Um, I just bring what what I what I know I think can work, and 
that's all there is to it. And, you know, I, I for one, would love to see, um, I suppose, uh, you know, whenever my term finishes in Waterford, I'd like to, I would like to see a, a Waterford man back in again. And it's, 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 it's what, what's it about. There's probably, there's no doubt there's a lot of good coaches and managers within Waterford too, like, you know, so if, if you can appoint from inside, I think it's, it's the best thing, even though I know I'm in, a, in Waterford at the moment and enjoying it immensely. But I think if I'm being really honest, uh, if your setups are right in a county or in a, in a, in a setup like um, an inter-county setup and, and, and the right people are in your development squads and the right uh, person is progressing through there, they should be given an opportunity to, to manage it at the highest level. And I think that's something that will happen in Waterford in time. They will start producing real proper, you know, talented coaches and, and managers through what they're trying to do at the moment through the underage structure. So, yeah. That that would be my view on it at the moment, anyway. So we saw the introduction of Desi Hutchinson this season. It looked like it paid off. He, what did you think of his impact this season? Yeah, Desi Desi had a, a good first year. Um, it Desi was coming in off the back of his club scene then as well, and there was lots of talk about him and lots of I suppose eyes were on on him because of the way he was performing with his club and. That's how Desi ended up in the Waterford jersey by his by his performances with with his clubs, which is which is what we are about as well. So, um, uh, in fairness, he had a good he had a good year. Um, you know, it's something I suppose Desi will 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 be anxious to improve again the coming year. He'll know as well that you know backs will probably have a little bit more knowledge of what he's about now as well so it's going to be a big challenge for Dizzy himself to to make sure that he's learned from last year and that you know we as a team and a panel and a management team have learned as well from from our game style and our game plan to try and you know bring Dizzy maybe more into the game than we did last year as well because of because of the type of threat he is in there so um, yeah, he had a great year, I have to say. And again, he's a he's a real top fella when it comes to training. Fellas like you know any any of you that are listening to me here today, like you know, Daisy prepares really well, and you know, leaves no stone unturned in his preparations. And um, you know, he's he's magic on the ball, and and hopefully this year with the summer. With the summer hurling, if we get the championship played in, in better weather than we did last year, I think it'll benefit uh, quite a number of players, but especially um, especially Daisy in particular. What did you say to the team at half-time in the All-Ireland semi-final against Kilkenny to wake them up after a slow first half? We we all went on, we all, all ended up on the knuckles inside at half-time and there was a massive row and... Um, we <laughs> we broke a few tables and chairs and everything went went that way. But um, no, no, absolutely zero. I've been asked that question quite a number of times. Um, what we really did, to be honest, was um, we sat down as a group of, uh, of players, looked, assessed a couple of things that went wrong for us in the first half. Uh, because even though the scoreboard was quite, um, you know, I, I, I can't remember. I think it was nine. It was nine points we were down at half time. The scoreboard wasn't pretty at half time, but we had done a lot of nice things throughout the first half that hadn't really come off for us. A couple of shots falling short into the goalie's hands. A couple of poor little decisions whether we decide to run with the ball or or um or strike it into our inside forward line. And I just said like if if we got that right and started to 
implement what we what we were training, the way we were training and what we were doing in training. And especially, I suppose, from the, the week previous again, Clare, um, things would start to happen. So credit to the players as well on the day. Like they took real ownership at halftime as well. And they were very, very quick to admit that a few things they tried wasn't working, but they weren't prepared to lie down under it either, or they weren't prepared to start blaming other players around them. And that's a real quality of, of, of fellas as well. When you get, you know, fellas in a dressing room like that and things might be happening for you, it's it's easy to start saying why why this and why that and why aren't you hitting me the ball and why aren't I getting the pass? And, but these fellas, like, you know, and they did the same as well in fairness in the All-Ireland. It's just that, you know, things didn't work on the day. Some days you can have the best intentions in the world and some things don't come off. But, but again, Kilkenny, it was a collective effort at halftime, real structure on what we were about, real structure and a real honesty going out the tunnel at the start of the second half to, to give it everything and not, not come off the field um, with, re- with regrets. That was the big thing. And, um, you know, it's fair play to the lads. They put in a massive effort and it was, a, it was a great game to win, to be fair. On the back of the Munster final, it definitely seemed that Waterford were never out of the game. Did that give you more confidence going into the All-Ireland on top of knowing that you had an extra game than Limerick? Yeah, it, it did. Um, I think the players, to be fair to them, were, were very, I wouldn't say very confident, but they were a lot more confident going into the All-Ireland than they were the Munster final. And I know uh, uh, now it didn't really look like that. And especially when you get beaten in an All-Ireland final by 11 points, it's it's uh, it's not a nice place to be. But, excuse me, I thought, I thought um, the players, it wasn't from the lack of belief that the performance didn't come. I actually think it was a combination of a lot of things. Um, that the, the way the championship was structured, I think that the, the quick matches came when matches were coming regularly regularly for us every week. I think the momentum worked really well. But when the two the two week break leading into the All Ireland, um, while it was nice to get the rest of fresh and fellas up, I think I think it kind of took a little edge off us as well. Now I know on the day people will say, or oh, regardless what team would have turned up, it would have been very hard to beat Limerick. But I still think we were we weren't as uh, energetic as we were in our previous games. Uh, again, again, um, again, uh, clear and uh, uh, in particular, and, and the monster final. So um, it kind of hurt us a little, uh, and Kenny obviously. So, so like, um, yeah, that it's 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 hard to manage from a manager and a coach's perspective. It's it's very hard to to, to gauge it and, and to make sure that your team is always energetic and that they're at the right level. Um, sometimes a down week in training can have the real opposite effect where fellas kind of lose their edge. So, yeah, I think this type of team I have in Waterford. I think if the championship was being played weekend after weekend, I think we'd get better. I think we would suit us very well. Like you know, so. Um, yeah, that's it. The confidence was there after the Munster final. Uh, we, we looked to be never really out of it, only with the last 10 or 15 minutes. But unfortunately, in the All-Ireland final, it just we just seemed to be chasing the game the whole time. In the All-Ireland final, did you feel that tight work, uh, if he stayed on, that he would have given you the platform to stay in touch with the game? Yeah, I, I did. I was like, you know, it was a really tough day up there um, when, when you know, your key man, you're the one of your best players all year, you know, gets a really bad injury after 15 or 12 or 15 minutes in an All-Ireland final and he's the central, he's centre to you, the spine of your team. It, 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 it's tough. It's, it's, it sends a kind of a, a vibe down through you uh, as, as a manager and I suppose even as players on the field, when you see your key man going off, it's, 
it, it either makes or breaks you. But um, I thought the lads reacted really well. Tyg, like for a man that had done his cruciate, picked himself up and walked off the field like a proper proper warrior, you know, and that's what he is. He is a proper warrior of a man and a brilliant, brilliant player. I didn't realise, I always knew how good he was, but I didn't realise how, how really, how, what type of a real man he is when you see him training and the way he came back from his injury, the same injury previously, and the way he performed with his club and the way he trains. He trained with me when he came back in into full full tilt was was exceptional, you know. And a man that says very little just just goes out and performs. But um, I think I think um, yeah, it was it was a, a bit of a shock to us on the day. Having said that, as I said earlier, young Irla came in and did exceptionally well. But it, it, it always is a is um it always is a bit of a downer when that happens. But having said that, we still only went in three points down at half time. You know, three points is nothing in a game of hurling at half time. And if I'm being honest, going in the tunnel at half time playing really poorly, I said if we can actually get our act together at all anyway, quickly in the start of the second half, uh, we have a great chance. But you know, that's where we didn't come out of the traps at the start of the second half and Limerick did, and that's how we how we got done. But Tied the Burka's um, uh, injury did have a big bearing on it for, for, from our perspective. But again, we have no excuses. We were beaten well in the day, so we're not going to use that as an excuse, you know. Um, I can imagine how tough it is, you know, coming off an All Ireland final loss going into uh, off season. How much have you been able to do now this year with the team? Like, are the lads only training from home? Or are you able to do a bit of work with them? Yeah, it's tough again, it, and I know it's the same for everyone. But yeah, the lads. This is where you really know what you have in your hands from a manager's point of view. When when players are left to their own devices to train, and now the word is that we sh- we might be back early next month. Um, and if we are, we'll have to hit the ground running like everybody else straight away. We'll have to have, you know, the intensity levels when we come back to train and will be have to be at a certain level immediately. So we'll we'll know whether fellas have been trained on their own or not. Um after after a week or you know, four or five sessions will tell me the fellas that that have, have stuck to the programs they've been given and have stuck to the to the to the regime of, of being in, being at the level they need to be. So you're very much dependent on fellas doing all their work on their own. The way this current restriction was we, we just couldn't uh, assemble obviously together um since um since the All Ireland. Oh before the big lockdown all right uh, over Christmas I did get an opportunity to meet the players individually um, and like you know there was a real great energy about them even though they've been beaten in an All-Ireland final there was a real kind of disappointment in them and a real energy for them to to get back and get, get, get improved and um, so that that was really encouraging but to answer your question no these fellas are working away on their own and we probably won't see them collectively until the first week of April so it'll be interesting to see what kind of shape fellas come back in because with the way the league is going to be ran from what we're led to believe uh, it'll be very quick in May and if you're not ready to go in May um, well, then you're in big trouble to try and make the Waterford team for the rest of the championship. You know, so I hope the players know that. I think they do. So I'm hoping 36, seven players will come back fit and mentally ready to, to, to get going straight away. So, Looking back at your own career now, you're a brilliant underage hurler and you played for Tip Miners when you were 15. Do you feel like you didn't live up to the expectations to become one of the great Tip hurlers? Yeah, um, I do. I, I have terrible... Um, I won't say it's probably our regrets. I, I've, you know, a lot of 
I, I think of a lot of things now where I could have done better. And that's, it's not, you know, it was, it was probably said to you guys as well at the moment, you know, Jeannie Mac put in the effort now and you'll regret it in time. And when I was your age and when I was 19, 20 on a tip senior team and picking up an all-star and, um, you know, winning club titles with my club and, and, and um, you know, whatever else comes with it, the plaudits and the taps on the back and what have you, you think it's never going to end. But um, you would have regrets that you didn't maybe, you know, um, stay a little bit more focused, train train a little bit harder, have a little bit more confidence in yourself as well. Um, so for me, you know, I, I poor performances when I, when I played poorly after setting a standard a year before or two years before when my form started to dip, I kind of beat myself up over it, which is, which is never a good thing to do. Um, Cause we are all, our, we all can be our worst, our own worst critics as well. And um, you know, it's, 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 it's good to have standards and to keep yourself at a decent level, but it's also not good to be beating yourself up over stuff that you can't, that are gone, that is in the past. You can never stay looking back. Like you should always stay looking forward and, whether it's whether you do poorly in an exam, it's the next one that counts. Whether it's the, the whether you've missed a score, it's the next ball that counts. And 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 that's that now is something that I've only learned too late in life. And uh, that's why I like to make sure that none of my none of my players have any regrets that way when they do get a chance to play at the top level because it's not too many players get an opportunity like that to 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 play on the big stage. And when you do, you just have to take take it with both arms and make sure that you get the most out of it. And when you do retire and hang up your boots like me, you can look back and say, well, you know what? I, I got as much as I could out of it. Um, I didn't. When I, if I'm being honest, looking back at it, I could have been a lot better. I never claimed to be the great Owen Kelly or Lara Corbett or Brick Walsh or, or um, John Milan or anyone like that. I was, I could have been, a, but having said that, I could have been a lot better and I could have played a lot better in, in a lot of matches for tip uh, down the years. Um, but it's just something that that I can't fix now. It's gone, and um, I'm living my my regrets through my players on the hurling field at the moment through management. That's they give you know when I see tip minors winning minor under twenty and under twenty one All Irelands, it gives me um, great pleasure because I couldn't do that as a player. I never won under twenty one or a minor All Ireland, but to be able to do it and uh, as a manager, you know it's the next best thing and. I'm hoping out with this Waterford senior team as well that that um that that we can win silverware and and that'll be as good as trying to redeem some of the regrets I would have as a player back when I when I was their age. So that's the method in me madness, lads. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm talking rubbish, but that's what keeps me going anyway. And I think you have to you have to dream. You have to you have to have um ambition, and you have to. There's no harm to to dream of of um. Of, of whatever you want about, whatever you want to achieve. It's nice to dream about it too. And, you know, the challenge is always to make them dreams reality by, by just putting the, put in the hard work. So, yeah, that's the, that's, that's the plan. I, 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 uh, I would have little regrets, all right, from my playing days, definitely, that I didn't, didn't kick on a bit better. But so be it. That's it. It's over. You move on. You were brought back into the Tip Brewery hurling panel in 2007 by Babs Keaton. What were your thoughts on his time as the Tipperary manager? Yeah, Babs. Babs was when I was when I was growing up. Say when I was say playing under sixteen and under fourteen, 
15, 16, around that time, Babs Keaton was the Tipperary senior hurling manager and he was he was godlike because Tip had just won their first Munster championship in 17 or 18 years. He was after winning two All-Irelands and he was he had this charisma about him. And um, So when I got to the age to step up to the Tip senior team, he had gone and I would always said, I'd love to have played under Babs Keaton and I'd love to have seen what kind of a, a manager he was. And... Um, yeah, when I when I got the opportunity then under Babs when he came back for his second term, I I, I couldn't believe it. I was I had finished intercounty hurling for a year or two, I think, at that time. And then Babs came back and he brought me in just for a training session to make up numbers one night. And I was happy to do that because I felt, you know, I felt I felt at least I could do that much for Babs Keaton for all he had done for Tipperary Hurling. But I ended up sneaking my way onto the panel and I got a couple of runs under Babs and Pebs got a lot of criticism off of some of the tip players at that time and and like the game probably had moved on a little bit, but Babs Keaton still had an awful lot to offer. And a lot of the stuff that Babs spoke about to his team were really, really relevant. Uh, but I don't think the players kind of grasped grasped it as well as they should have. Um, you know, um Babs had good principles, like he was a, he was he had a lot of good you know principles about what way he wanted his team to play and and like what he did like was players to hurl to instruction and sometimes the players under his management didn't hurl to instruction they 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 went away and did their own thing and that's always a worry you know because at the end of the day you have to have a line a chain of command and there has to be somebody that, you know whether whether it is playing the game of hurling or whether it is when you guys go through college and get a job down the road there's always going to be someone you're going to have to report to and you have to have respect for them people and you have to even though you mightn't like what they're saying to you you have to you have to row in uh, you know to a certain extent so I think Babs found that frustrating that the modern day player maybe mightn't have been as as, uh, as good to take instruction as the players he would have dealt with in the past and, and that kind of frustrated him but I enjoyed my time with him I learned a lot from him and uh, I I it does bother me when people criticise him the way the way he has been criticised. Even though I know Babs talks, is not afraid to express his own opinion either. But um, I, I I always had good time for Babs Keaton and what he done for Tipperary and 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 what he done as a player back in his day. He was a he was a brilliant brilliant player. So um, yeah. So I was really thrilled to be brought in under Babs that time. He was a he was a great man. Um, but unfortunately, his term um. He didn't. He didn't uh, get success second time round. But at least he wasn't afraid to put his hand up and go for it anyway when he was asked. You know. So. You um, later left the tip panel in two thousand eight. Is that a good? Is that a regret since Liam Sheedy, Aimee O'Shea, and Michael Ryan brought success in years to follow? Uh, not not really, because I I was kind of I was kind of. Probably, uh, I was at a stage, I was nearly 30 years of age at the time, 31 or two, and I wasn't as, um, I probably had, time Babs brought me back, I probably had said to myself, well, I, I won't get to play for Tip ever again. And, you know, there's a lot of younger players there coming through. So, no, I had no real regrets over that. My time was done at that stage. And the likes of Corbett and Kelly and Shami Kell and all these fellas were coming behind and they were the future, like, and I had no problems in, in, in that either. Um, sure, I'd have loved to have been able to play on like Tony Brown and Kevin Moore and Brick Walsh and all these fellas, but they were exceptional, exceptional talents and athletes and just 
they don't come around too often. Them type of players that can play right up into their mid to late thirties. Um, you know, the uh, but I wasn't that type of player, so no, I had, I had no regrets that way whatsoever. But um, yeah, success did follow fairly well then after that with with Eamon O'Shea and Mick Ryan and, and, and Liam Sheedy. Look, Liam, I think that's um, that's nearly all we have time for today. So if you could just give us quickly before we have to leave you go, is there any advice you give to young lads at home now trying to keep up the hurling over lockdown, you know, keep up the fitness? What would you, what advice would you give to them? Yeah, I would say to them, um, you know, it's it, it, I understand how hard it is, but like if, if it's a game that you love, it's it's it shouldn't be a chore to go outside for 15 or 20 minutes every day or every second day keeping that hurley in your hand it's great for for you in a lot of ways apart from just keeping your skills brushed up and, and your fitness it's great for the mind as well to get out because this thing will come back and it'll come back quickly and i think i've said it there earlier to you today lads that when 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 the things open up you know we'll all be back out on the fields you guys will all be back hurling with your clubs and back on uh, hopefully hopefully towards the end of the year, or if not next year, with your, with your schools as well. And, and, you, and you need to be ready. But if you're getting enjoyment out of it, and there's nothing as more enjoyable as, as taking out a, a hurley and, 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 uh, and uh, slitter out up again again the gable end of the house or out into the, the backyard for a few pucks. It's, it's just great. It's great to get your, your, mind, your mind relaxed. And, and um, it's nice to be wherever you want to be, poking that ball off the wall as well. That's, it's nice to dream, as I said earlier. And... Um, you know, just keep at it. That's that's the only way out of it. And I think, you know, I always say it to my players and I say it to the, to the Waterford players, I said it in the dressing room straight away after the All-Ireland, there's only one place, you know, you can ever fix things when you play a team sport like hurling and things go wrong and maybe you didn't play to your potential and you're disappointed and you're worried about what people think of you and you're worried about what people are saying and what have you. Uh, the only one place you can fix it and that's back in the hurling field or back in the GEA field. Um, that's the only place you can fix it. You can only be a better player down there or that, or again, the gable end of the house or outside in the back lawn. But you'll never get it. You'll never be the, you'll never improve things if you just talk about it and stay in the couch and play the, play the, play the fortnight and all that stuff that you play now that, that was, wasn't there in my day. So, uh, uh, cycling a bike is all I used to do around the roads. But um, no, that that's all I'd say is, is keep at it, get out there, Keep your keep your eye in tune because it's going to come back and come back fairly quick. So, so you have to be ready. But um, right, um thanks for coming on the podcast all today, Liam. Um, we wish you all the best success with Waterford and hopefully we'll be back rowing you on the stand soon enough. Yeah, which thanks, lads. I'm absolutely thrilled, as I said, to be invited on. I love love having to to chat to you. It's some brilliant questions there as well for me, and um, you know, it's good to meet all them Cork fellas in Waterford and and. Uh, what else have you down there? Cork water, I'm sure you tip woman. We can't forget the tip woman today as well. So we're all GA people. So look after one another and don't be too hard on, on one another when the when the championship come. And hopefully, hopefully this year Waterford will have the, the bragging rights this year again. Please God, all going to plan. We have them over Cork anyway. Yeah, well, the yeah. rebels are all the rebels are never bet. You can always watch watch out for them, and I'd say they're they're uh, they're definitely. Uh, preparing secretly there nice and sneaky in the background so there wants to be watched for the coming year as well so but anyway what can we do we'll take them all on anyway when the time come and see what'll happen isn't that it well you heard it here first Connor Prunty and Jimmy Barron are the Waterford captain and vice captain for this year's championship once again I want to say a massive thanks to Liam Cahill for coming on the podcast today
Make sure to check out our Instagram and Twitter at Coleman's Podcast. Also take a look at our website, colemanspodcast.com, to find our blog section, behind-the-scenes photos, and much, much more. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, everyone.